0: Okay, here we go with number three, number three, the third time we're looking at these verses in Colossians 1, 9 to 12, and this is going to be heavy, and it's going to be complicated, and it's going to be wonderful, and I hope that you've got your thinking cap on to help me. On account of this, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to Him, fully pleasing to Him. So, my question is this What is meant by the will of God here? And I want to introduce you to uh, two kinds of willing in God that are revealed in the Bible. So, Father, as we tackle these two meanings of the will of God in Paul and elsewhere, I pray that we get understanding. We discern which one is meant here and how it affects the way we live and pray. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to suggest that Paul
1: speaks of uh, what we might call the will of decree or the, the, the sovereign will. That's one kind or the will of command. could call it the, the, the moral will, if you wanted to. So the will of command and
0: the will of decree. This is everything that comes to pass, because God wills everything, and this is what he commands to come to pass. Now, let me show you why I think that way. I'm not taking that to the Bible. I'm seeing texts and drawing it out of the Bible. So here's Romans 15. I appeal to you, brothers, to strive together with me in your prayers that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed. So, in other words, if God wills, I'll get there. That's his
1: sovereign will. So I'm going to put Romans 15. 32 here. Another instance.
0: God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Predestination accords with his perfect, sovereign will. This is not a will that can be contradicted. This is a will that goes back before predestination and governs it. Verse 11. In him... We have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He works all things according
1: to his will. This is sovereign will. So I'm going to put Ephesians 1, 5 and 11.
0: So those are illustrations of what I mean by the will of decree or the sovereign will of God. He wills it, and it comes to pass always because he's sovereign. That's one way of talking about the will of God in the Bible, both Paul and lots of other places. What I mean by will of command is that God tells us how to behave, and that's different than his sovereignly doing everything. For example, here's Ephesians or Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you, by testing, may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So here's a will of God that you discern by thinking through the commands of God, the situation you're in, the counsel you receive, so that you can detect what you ought to do. And you may or may not do it. And thus God's will may be broken. God's sovereign will is never broken. God's revealed will can be broken. Or here's another one, Ephesians 5. Make the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, you want to make the best use of the time by doing the will of God. To do the will of God, you need to think, you need to have insight. You need the prayer of Paul answered. I'm asking that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will, with spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is what it takes to discern the will. So, I'm arguing. That this will right
1: here is this one. I'll go ahead and put these verses here. They have them in one place. Twelve two and Ephesians. What did I say? Five sixteen following. Or let me give you one more. First
0: Thessalonians one or chapter four. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord. That as you received from us how you ought to walk, that's how you ought to do the will of God, the revealed will of God, the moral will of God, and to please God just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. This is the will of God, your sanctification, which you may or may not achieve in any given day. So, this will of God is not the sovereign will of God by which he does everything. This is the will of God revealed as to what you ought
1: to do so i'm arguing that will of god here is the moral will of god or the will of command it enables you to walk in a manner worthy of the lord it enables you to please the lord now Here's some questions that raises. So you're saying, Piper,
0: that God may will something by his decree that most definitely will come to pass, which contradicts what he commands to come to pass. I'm saying, yes, that's right. Let me give you an example. So the will of command would be, you shall not murder. That's commanded. It's revealed. It's God's will. Don't murder. Here's the will of decree with regard to the death of Jesus, who was murdered. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified. So you murdered the Son of God, and you did it according to God's definite plan. God planned for his Son to be killed, which means he sovereignly, by will of decree, decided that murder would happen, which means you need to have a category, biblically in your mind, that God can will that something come to pass, which is sin, without himself being a sinner or sinning in that process. That's required all over the Bible, that assumption. God can will that something come to pass like the murder of his son for the salvation
1: of people, and yet not himself be a sinner. Now, here's another question that that raises. Come back here to Colossians. Do you mean then, Piper, that
0: I can all day long Strive to do God's will, and there is an ideal will in every decision I make, which I may fall short of. Hmm. So here's my answer to that. What this is calling for, filled with the knowledge of His will, lots of wisdom, lots of understanding, is that you have, say, three, four, let's say, five relevant. Pieces of instruction in Colossians about a decision you face. You study each one. You submit to each one. With all your heart, you will that you would please God in fulfilling each one. And there are ten circumstances, pieces of the situation you're facing, very complex moral situation in your family or at work or at church, lots of factors to be factored in for how to apply these five pieces of instruction. And you seriously analyze and study those. And here are three wise counselors that you ask for help. And when you have done all of that prayerfully, crying down, oh God, grant me spiritual wisdom, grant me understanding, fill me with the knowledge of your will so that I can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. May I please you You see, I see three options here, and I can't tell which one's best. They're all, as far as I can tell, in accord with the teaching of the Bible. They seem to take into account all the situation. They don't contradict any counsel that I've received. What should I do? And I'm saying that in God's mind, in God's mind, this one may be best, that is, It involves the best understanding, best application to these situations through those counselors. This one may be
1: better. This one may be good. Good, better, best. And you may do this one and not sin.
0: Not sin. And you may do this one or you may do this one. There are some personality types, I admit, that are going to hear what I'm saying right now. And they're going to say, so all day long, I have to reckon with the possibility that God has a best plan for me, and I miss it over and over and over again. And and my answer to that is, what else would you expect (laughs) from a perfect God and an imperfect child? And the reason you don't have to be paralyzed by that thought that you're getting, I mean, I've said most of my life, I've, I figure is, is a C or a C minus or a C plus. I don't think I've ever had an A day in my life. And you're saying, you're kidding me. I said, look, if you sit down at the end of the day and, and Jesus sits beside you and you ask Jesus, would you give me an honest appraisal of every moment's attitude that I had today? Every moment. He was an attitude at 8 o'clock this morning. He was a word. He was a deed. And at every point, almost, it seems to me, Jesus has a way. I could have done it better. Now, if that oppresses you, you don't have a grasp on the gospel yet. And here's the gospel. He has forgiven us all our failures to get A+. plus. All our failures to get B's, all our failures to get C's. He has forgiven us all our trespasses, by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross, He disarmed the rulers and authorities, etc. This is the gospel. Our lives are built on this. Our acceptance with God stands here. Our acceptance with God does not stand here. This is the outworking. This is the attempt to walk worthy of the glorious gospel of the Lord. And the fact that there are probably in every situation an ideal God-seen perfect application of five biblical principles through ten situational factors through three counselors, there's probably a best in every one of those situations. And you may hit it sometimes, other times this, this. And the reason these are not sins is because they really do take that into account and apply them. They really are honestly involving this and this. So I think what Paul is praying for here is that we grow and grow in our fullness of the knowledge of his moral will with wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And that worthiness doesn't just mean A+. plus; It means lots of A-minuses and B-pluses and Bs and Cs that are all more worthy of the Lord than if we had disobeyed or not prayed.
1: Lots more to say about this prayer, so hang on.